We're in Colossians 3. I'll have some outlines for you next week. We had them last week, and I don't know where I said them, or they got put away somewhere, but, but we're only going to get one more uh, point tonight, so you won't have a whole lot to <coughs> fill on that. Colossians chapter 3. Apparently I can't talk and... Colossians 3. Colossians 3, verse 19. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word tonight and I do thank you for the fount that's been opened for us. I thank you that uh, we stand on the solid rock. And God, I thank you that we are secure in, in the love of Christ. And Lord, uh, we have are so privileged as Christians to, to know you and have the power to live life and, and have the power, God, to love uh, as, as you have loved, to see something foreign to this world and to our own flesh work through us and reach out and love others and and, uh, and father i pray that as husbands that you would help it to be so especially in the case of our wives that you would help us to love them as you have loved the church father i ask for the filling of your spirit uh, in relaying this message tonight, I pray for my dear wife at home, teaching the deaf ladies, bless her there. And, uh, I pray, uh, dear God, for, uh, I think, Sister Lindsay watching the nursery tonight, uh, uh, be with her and keep her and uh, help her there, Father. Uh, Lord, thank you uh, for your love to us. Uh, it's such a joy to meet in your house tonight, uh, to sing these songs of praise to your to your wonderful name. Father, we worship you, we love you, and, and uh, do the work in our hearts that needs to be done. Uh, help, our, help our country in this time. I pray for this upcoming election that we as believers would vote according to our faith, uh, Father, and uh, be faithful in that as well. Um, uh, thank you that our requests are before you, knowing that you will uh, work what's best for us. Help us to rest in you for that. Father, we pray, we ask these things in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> All right, so we're looking at uh, relations in the family. We looked at this putting off of, of the old uh, nat- the nature and the things of the, of, of the flesh and putting on this new wardrobe, the fruits of the Spirit uh, that the Holy Spirit brings into our lives. Then going out in our, in our world, in our relationships, and living out the things of the gospel, you know, where the, where the rubber meets the road. We learned some things about uh, wives last week, uh, the submission there being merely a submission of rank, and, uh, and, uh, uh, and they are to submit as is, as is fit in the Lord, and that's not to be uh, uh, taken out of context one way or the other. 
uh, and uh, doesn't mean that uh, whatever the husband rules over the wife like a dictator and a king and whatever you know whatever he says goes it doesn't mean the uh, the wife sits back as the judge of the thing and says well if I don't think it's fit the Lord I'll just do what I want you know and we kind of learned uh, the, looked at both extensions of that now as this fit the Lord just means it's what God wants wives to do uh, God has put the husband in 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 leadership of the home he answers for the final direction of the home uh, Adam had to answer in the garden of Eden before Eve did so remember that uh, um, wives if you find yourself tempted to sub- not to submit to your husband remember you don't have to answer for the direction of the home the, uh, the husband does and so uh, and so be mindful of that and uh, and husbands remember uh, uh, Loving our wives is between us and God. Uh, that's our relationship with God. Wives submitting to, to the husbands, that's between you and God. And we pray for one another in that. And I pray that the lesson tonight will be an encouragement for us as husbands. I was telling my wife this is one of those, uh, one of those messages where I have, you know, all those fingers pointing back at me. <laughs> I told her some of what I was going to be preaching and teaching tonight. And, and, uh, and certainly... There's always room for us to grow in love, amen. Oh, no man, anything but what? To love one another. We continue to learn and grow in that and will until the day uh, the Lord Jesus returns. So we saw some instructions for wives. Uh, point A, uh, it'll be uh, point B tonight. Uh, we'll look at some instructions, uh, instructions for, uh, for husbands. Uh, love your wives be not bitter against them of course the prime example uh, given to us in scripture Ephesians 5.25 husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it and uh, that certainly is an awesome uh, command and calling and, uh, and we ought to be aspiring to do that but sometimes I think husbands look at that passage there and of course they think of the love of Christ and it's like who of us can do that you know and uh, it's almost so big that you might tend we might tend to be a little slack in growing in our you know in in, in love toward our wives and that needs that that, that should not be uh, we'll look at some things tonight that maybe will help us uh, 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 a little different perspective of husbands lo- loving wives maybe that'll help us I think in growing and making some practical applications. A husband, love your wives as Christ will also love the church. We think about how Christ loved the church. Um, uh, he loved the church, what? Yes, as his bride. But let's take it down to some ground that we know that we can reach. And as we're, as we're reaching for that, some steps along the way. He loved the church as his friends. He loved the church as his friends didn't he? I found a challenge in that in just the direction the Lord led me in preparing for the lesson tonight. Jesus said in, well, in, in, uh, in, in John 3.12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this that a man laid down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you what? Friends. 
For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. You see, when we look at the challenge as loving our wives as friends, we see the challenge to communicate and to cooperate. (laughs) And it brings it down uh, where the rubber meets the road, doesn't it? Uh, Friends need to communicate. Jesus said, all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. So we need to to be communicating with our wives and learning how to communicate better. Uh, uh, the, The longer that we live together, we should be growing in that, learning how to communicate uh, better. And I want to look at an Old Testament passage and then one New Testament passage that uh, maybe a little in, in their own context, a little off the subject. But I think looking at them, they give us a perspective of what God is looking for in our communication with our wives. Uh, In Numbers chapter 30 and verse 10 and following, we have a passage in the Old Testament where uh, a wife uh, would uh, be wanting to make a vow to the Lord. So here's a woman who's growing spiritually and she sees something in her life that she wants to do uh, and and she makes a vow to the Lord for that. And uh, the scriptures there will give us some instructions regarding that. Numbers 30, verse 10. If she vowed a vow in her husband's house or bound her soul by a bond with an oath and her husband heard it and held his peace at her and disallowed her not, then all her vows shall stand and every bond wherewith she bound her soul shall stand. But... If her husband had utterly made them void on the day he heard them, then whatsoever proceedeth out of her lips uh, concerning her vows or concerning the bond of her soul shall not stand. Her husband hath made them void, and the Lord shall forgive her. Every vow and every binding oath to afflict the soul, her husband may establish it, or her husband may make it void. But if her husband altogether hold his peace at her from day to day, then he establisheth all her vows or all her bonds which are upon her. He confirmeth them because he held his peace at her in the day that he heard them. But if he shall in any ways make them void, after that he hath heard them, then he shall bear her iniquity. So, what is God expecting here? God is expecting, for us husbands, communication. Here this woman has, let's say, an example, has made a vow. The husband hears it. If he thinks that's probably not expedient at this time for whatever reason, what is he indebted to do? By the way, he's indebted to speak to her, amen? To communicate that. 
to, to talk to her about that. Um, so he doesn't. Let's go a few days. What does God say? Then her vows stand. It's like God says, okay, well, you said nothing, then it stands. It's like God was expecting what? The husband to say something if he, if he, if he had something against it. And, uh, and, and to communicate that, to, to speak regarding that. Uh, God wants us to be ready to communicate with our wives uh, and, and, and to work on that. And by the way, it's interesting that, that God puts these scriptures in the inspired word uh, knowing that it's a tendency of us husbands, is it not, uh, to fail to communicate to sometimes with our wives. And so it's a, it's a challenge to us. It's a call to us to be, to be aware of that, to work on that, to, to, to pray about that, to be better at that. Uh, verse 12 says, If her husband hath utterly made them void on the day when oh, he heard them. Did you hear that? So what is God ex- looking for? Diligent communication. Uh, not putting something off, talking about something what? Immediately. Now I was thinking about that. And it says, uh, let's see. <clears throat> Look at verse 14 of, of Numbers 30. But if our husband altogether hold his peace at her from day to day, then he establisheth all her vows. So when we consider verse 12 and verse 14 of Numbers 30, if our husband had utterly made them void on the day, so that it, you would think that would be the very day. Then you look at verse 14. But if her husband hath altogether held his peace at her from day to day, so maybe that's just talking about the general time that she brought that up. And the husband doesn't say anything from day to day, and at a certain point, you know, the Lord uh, uh, confirms that vow. But I, I, would, I would submit to you the, the best application of that would be to mean that God wants us to deal with it that day. Because what if the wife made a vow and the husband didn't agree with it, was having a rough time with it, and he let it go a couple days? What if she breaks that vow the second day? What if she breaks that vow the third day? Then what? You see, I think God expects a, a communication and to be diligent in, in, in communication. Now, I understand uh, this is Old Testament stuff and, and, uh, and we don't do things practically regarding uh, the, the vows, perhaps, you know, in, in just the way maybe that they did them in, in, in the culture there. But the idea of the communication carries over, doesn't it? It carries over. This is what God is looking for. By the way, and we see that confirmed, this idea of this communication uh, in, in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 be angry and sin not what let not the what sun go down upon thy wrath what was God saying take care of that thing today uh, take care of those issues when they come up and the day they come up and uh, and communicate about those things and uh, 
and, and, and uh, work on this diligence of communication and uh, communicating with what? With your friend. Your wife is your friend. And I, and I hope she's your best friend. Uh, my wife is my best friend, and I think that's the case here as I look around. And I'm thankful for that. That's the way it should be. That's the way that God, that's the way that God, that's the way that God designed it. Um, we think about the truths of the word of God they have especially uh, Christianity has exalted uh, the lifting and honoring of women above, above the cultural oppression that they have faced through history um, thinking about the idea of your wife being your friend uh, being that one who's close to your heart even in, in that way as, as a best friend you know it seems the that the uh, the Jewish leaders weren't too kind, perhaps, to their wives at times. We read that, and we find uh, some scriptures that would point to that uh, in Malachi chapter two, as the Old Testament is is uh, you know the Jews have uh, have come back into the land and. Ezra and Nehemiah have done their ministries there, and Malachi is is uh, also prophesying around, around the latter time of ne- Nehemiah there, and then uh, the Old Testament closed. The canon closes, you know, for f- four hundred years, and and uh, uh, but uh, Malachi is doing some speaking there, and he is uh, he says in Malachi two one he's, he's he's prophesying, and now O ye priests, this commandment is for you. Behold, I will corrupt your seed, verse 3, Malachi 2, and spread dung upon your faces, even dung of your solemn feasts. Uh, Verse 4, Ye shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that my covenant might be with Levi, saith Lord of hosts, for the priest's lips should keep knowledge. Who's, Who's he addressing here? The priests, okay. And they should seek the law at his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. But ye are departed out of the way. I thought about that. And of course what comes to mind. Matthew 15, 19. They were teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. They had departed what? Out of the way of the scriptures. Uh, But ye had departed out of the way. Ye have caused many to stumble at the law. They were putting forth the law as as to how they explained it in their opinions. And all that. They were causing to. They were the ones that were to share the law, and everybody had a copy. Of that most of them, what they knew of the Bible, those 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 scribes and, and those those priests had to teach them. And they were making people stumble at the law because they weren't teaching the law right. And uh, you have corrupted the covenant of Levi. He goes on. Therefore have I also made you contentable and based before all the people, according as ye have not kept my ways, but have been partial in the law. By the way, that which they did take from the law, they, they picked and chose here and there. And all, all their traditions that they added, and we'll pick a little bit you know, from Moses here, a little bit from there, you know. That's kind of the way they were. No wonder people were struggling spiritually. Uh, he says, he goes on in Malachi 2.8, uh, he says, uh, or Malachi 2.9, uh, <clears throat> that's the one I just read. <clears throat> he goes on later down in the chapter there, and he says in, uh, 
he says, verse 11, Judah hath dealt treacherously, and an abomination is committed in Israel in Jerusalem. For Judah hath profaned the holiness of the Lord, which he loved, and hath married the daughter of a strange God. You know, I thought about Nehemiah, uh, who, <laughs> I thought about, first of all, Ezra, who had to rebuke the people for marrying strange wives. And Ezra, you know, when he found out that they had done that, what did he do? He plucked off the hair of his head and his beard and he sat down, you know, just amazed that they would do that. Well, seven years later, they're doing the same thing. Now, Nehemiah, when he addresses it, he plucks out their hair and their beard. I kind of like his, his, his way better. But, uh, but, but he, he learns about the same thing. And by the way, that's around the same time that Malachi is prophesying this. Just within a few years. He says, uh, Judah uh, hath dealt treachery. What? He hath married the daughter of a strange God. Bringing in this, this strange worship. Uh, talking about the priests. Uh, he says uh, in verse, uh, look at verse uh, 14. Well, look at verse 30. This have ye done again, covering the altar of the Lord with tears, weeping and with crying out, insomuch that he regardeth not the offering anymore, or receive it with goodwill at your hand. You're hypocrites. You're, you know, you're, you're doing your offerings, covering the altar with your tears, but you're not living for God. The offering's not respected because of that. Verse 14. Yet you say, wherefore, why? Here it is. Because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth. Did you get that? Against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. Here it is. Yet is she thy, what's the word? Companion. Yet is she thy companion. The wife of thy covenant. She's your friend. She ought to be your best friend. And God says, you think I'm going to honor you when you're not honoring the one that, I, that you have the covenant with, this covenant of marriage, this love and joy that you're supposed to have together? Uh, he said, did not, did not he make one and ye had the residue of the Spirit? Wherefore one that he might seek a godly seed, that wife there, and the husband and wife, and the children that would come from them. Uh, now listen to the, what... Malachi says, and we'll, it'll be come up again later on in the lesson tonight. He says, Take heed to your spirit, and let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. For the Lord God of Israel saith that he hateth the putting away. For one covereth violence with his garment, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore, here it is again. Take heed to your spirit, that you do not treacherously uh, talking about with a wife. Uh, we need to watch our spirit with our wives. And we'll look at that here in, in a little bit, even in more depth. Uh, Ecclesiastes 9.9 Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of thy life. Of the life of thy vanity. Which he hath given thee unto the Son all the days of thy vanity, for that is thy portion in this life. What a glorious picture of a husband and wife. I've given you so much on this earth. And by the way, some of it's going to end after this earth, folks. We're not going to be husband and wife in heaven anymore. 
But God has given, you know what? He's given us that to enjoy now. It's actually kind of a heavenly thing that we won't have in heaven, apparently. I know the greatness of heaven is not going to matter. I understand that. I understand that in God's presence is fullness of joy. We won't be missing it. But I'm just saying it's going to be different. We can enjoy something now that we won't have then. And that is our, our marriage, our relationship together, uh, joyfully living, joyfully loving, uh, joyfully uh, ministering to one another in this life. It seems to me that from what Malachi and what happened in the Old Testament and some of the things that Jesus taught that the leaders continued to take lightly their wives and even, you know, perhaps to mistreat them. Uh, in Matthew 5.31 it hath been said, Jesus says, of course, by the scribes, priests and such, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her writing of divorcement. But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery. Whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committed adultery. Uh, Moses suffered them to put away their wives because of their hard hearts. Uh, Jesus would say later, in Deuteronomy 24.1, we see that. Uh, when a man hath taken a wife and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes, because he hath found some uncleanness in her, then let him write her a bill of divorcement and give it, and give it uh, in her hand and send her out of his house. Now the rabbis broke up into two schools over the meaning of this verse here. Uh, some believed, hey, whatever. <laughs> and they, they took that to the hill. Hey, hey, something that you don't like about your wife? There it is. Just give her, make sure you give her a bill of divorcement. You got to do that because Moses said to do that. And others said no. It really, others said no. Really, it was only for fornication. Kind of like what Jesus said there. And they had two schools. And, uh, and it seems, it seems uh, obvious to me that there were many uh, perhaps teachings that, uh, around the school that thought you, it meant it, you could do anything. You read in Luke chapter, uh, Luke chapter uh, 16. Uh, Jesus had taught about God and money or mammon, material things. You can't serve both. You've got to choose who, which one you're going to serve. And, and Luke 16 goes on, verse 14. And the Pharisees also were covetous. He, he just condemned that. Uh, uh, who, were, who were covetous. Heard all these things and they derided him. Derided, that means to, to, to deride by turning up the nose, to sneer at, to scoff at. Is what the, the thing has not the idea of. Of course, they're thinking, we're religious. We've got the white robes. We have all the material blessings, which, by the way, is an Old Testament sign of godliness to them. Huh. Who are you to teach this? And uh, people, you know, they, they looked so holy. They were like, uh, they were, you know, they, they, they were whited sepulchers. 
but they look good on the outside. Uh, this is what Jesus says to them after they deride him. He said unto them, You are they which justify yourselves before men. And right there convincing how good, the other men how godly they were. Jesus said, But God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached. And every man presseth into it. It's easier for heaven and earth to pass than one tittle of the law to fail. And all of a sudden, here it is. Whoso putteth away his wife and marrieth another committeth adultery. Where did that come from? All of a sudden, he's been preaching about covetousness. Had a little conversation with the Pharisees and scribes who derided him. Now, all of a sudden, this, this, uh, uh, this, these truths about uh, the putting away come up. And then he's going to go right into Luke 16 about heaven and hell. It's almost like it's out of the blue. I wondered that for a long time. As I was looking at the passage, look what he says. They're righteous as far as everybody can see. They look at them. But who sees their hearts? God. Who's God? <laughs> Jesus. You see, he said, you think you're righteous. And by the way, a lot of men think you're righteous. That which is highly esteemed among, among men is abomination unto God. And by the way, their very hearts were abomination unto him because he was looking at them. And I believe what Jesus did there was he revealed one of the problems that they had that made them not so clean in the eyes of God. And he just went right to it because by the, after all, he did know their hearts. And he was going to let them know about their problem in their hearts. And so uh, he, uh, he says to them, Whosoever putteth away his wife uh, and marrieth another committeth adultery. <laughs> and whosoever uh, marrieth her that is put away, her husband committeth adultery. See, he knew their hearts. And of course, he's, he there is giving witness even to the testimony that Moses gave, at least to the strict interpretation of it. We think about that, that, uh, that testimony that Moses made. He says, If she find no favor in his eyes, because he hath found some uncleanness in her. Some uncleanness. I was, did some study on that, that word uncleanness there. Uncleanness is found uh, in our Bible. Uh, let's see. 50, 54 times. 54 times. Once, it is translated shame. And there the context is Egypt has been judged by God for all their sins. They become captives and they're led away 
naked in public to their shame. So a public nakedness, shame type thing. It's translated shame once. It's translated unclean once. This passage was the idea of just 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 to be blunt uh, leaving your dung in the camp go outside the camp that's unclean I walk you around here do we see the the extent of it these aren't really light things the other time it's it's translated what another time is translated uncleanness which we just read the other 50 times in the Bible it's translated nakedness and it has to do with relationships that ought not to be in the physical relationship you know you know we got brothers and sisters getting to, getting together and 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 children and their and, and you know and, and, and their moms and so all the ungodliness there that's it that's how that word was used to me it, I, I think it was it was probably obvious to Moses and should have been to them that he was talking about the same thing that Jesus mentioned there in the New Testament saving for the cause of fornication <laughs> If you marry this wife and you find in this process shortly that there is some sexual impurity about her in her life or something to where perhaps she shouldn't be a wife, then I think that's what it meant. And I don't think it meant more than that. And I think Jesus condemned them for that. But they certainly were teaching the opposite. You read about the about uh, about um, the disciples and you know uh, how they understood that in Mark 9 uh, and verse 4 Moses suffered us to write a bill of divorcement and to put her away verse 5 for the hardness of your heart he wrote you this, this, this precept <clears throat> and actually Matthew 19 was the one I wanted he's teaching about the same truths again Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. Whosoever marrieth her which is put away, doth commit adultery. And then Matthew 19.10, His disciples say unto him, If the case of the man be so with his wife, it is not good to marry. Every time I read to it, that I say, Wow! Do you realize what the disciples were saying? We heard what you just said, Jesus. And if we could only put away our wives because they've been un unfaithful or they've been with another man, we shouldn't even bother getting married then. It seems to me the hearts hadn't softened too much. <laughs> Still some hardened hearts, amen? I think that's what a lot of the scribes and Pharisees uh, were still teaching. And God, uh, God didn't have that. Didn't have that for them. She's your friend. She is, she, is your, she is your companion. She is your uh, lifelong uh, partner. <clears throat> and I think I'm going to have an interesting study also on the term there, be not bitter against them and, 
and I'm not going to try to step into it tonight. I wouldn't be able to do it justice in the few minutes I have left. So I think that uh, that uh, that was a blessing to me reading those things. That it has encouraged me to realize that you know I need to be a friend to my wife. You know, and uh, I was thinking about you know this communication thing, and uh, we've learned. You know, I oftentimes my wife will ask me something, and I think about it. And while I'm thinking, what do you hear? Crickets. Yeah. And my wife, Lisa's out in the kitchen or something. Honey, I'm going to do this, and I'm thinking about that tomorrow. Crickets. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, in the years that we've grown, we've learned each other. I know that many times she'll, she'll be, be talking about doing something or, 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 or saying something, maybe going somewhere. And, and she'll talk about that. And as she's talking about that, she's not saying things that she's already decided to do. She's working it out. But as she's working it out in her head, she's talking about it. Well, and, and eventually she'll come to, to you know, to, here, here's what we, we need to do here. Here's where we need to go there. So she'll talk about it. I'll think about it. But you know what? I have found... It's not so hard for me to say, honey, let me think about that for a moment. <laughs> Instead of just crickets, I, yes, I have to think about it. But you see, if I'm in the room and she's, she doesn't, was I listening? Uh, was I, had I, you know, had I maybe fallen asleep in the chair? Did I, did I step outside in the back there? Did I even hear her? You see what I'm saying? So while I'm thinking, I've learned to say, honey, let me think about that for a moment. <laughs> I'm learning some things, you know, and, uh, and, and it helps, you know, to, to get this communication going. And, uh, and we need to be, uh, uh, to learn what way, as we learn our wives, we need to, to learn, uh, you know, how, how to communicate with, how do they receive things. We need to, by the, most of communication is being a good listener. And uh, one of the things that, you learn about communication is somebody speaks to you something then you speak it back to them so what you want to do is this so what you think we ought to say here is this and when you relay it back to them what they have just told you what does that mean you were listening <laughs> you were listening and uh, that's a couple of good practical things uh, just just to apply but I think next week you'll, you'll, you'll find the, the study on the on the husbands, be not bitter against them. I, I pray, I hope, and trust that you'll find that a blessing as, as I have as, as well, looking into that. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word tonight. And uh, Lord, truly, we will we'll never exhaust the depth of wisdom here. And Father, we need to be in your word every day. And uh, we have learned that you can't, we can't be filled with your, your spirit if, if our life is not being filled with your word. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. So Father, I pray that you would help us to be full of your word and obeying that which we have learned and understood and learning more. And Father, you know my heart. You know that I want to be a better husband and a better friend to my wife. And Lord, I know that I can be by your grace. And Father, uh, help us to keep growing in our relationships.
in our love one to another. We may glorify your name, that we may know all the joy. I'm thankful for the joy that Lisa and I have together and for the joy that I see in the lives of these here as well. I'm thankful for that. And I pray that would continue to grow and be even deeper and stronger as we consider this, this, this love that you have for us. Father, help us as husbands to show a great love for our wives and, and, and to realize they are our friends uh, and companions uh, for life. And Father, we pray, ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.